The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Ah, fuck. I... Every time I want... and, And mind you, I don't have a Facebook account. Thank God. Every time I want to start one, simply because I feel like... Like I have to. Like I feel I'm not part of the zeitgeist without an Insta or any of this stuff. And then I see what actually it's being used for. And it's literally a propaganda machine. And nobody under fucking 60 uses Facebook anymore. My daughter doesn't have a Facebook account. She's on TikTok. She's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. Facebook is really turned into like 4chan. It's like grandma's 4chan. Yeah. I think that's the new motto. Your aunt Colleen is on (laughs) fucking Facebook. It's Colette. I mean, I have Facebook because we use Facebook to promote this podcast sure. and we use you know different things sure. like that but that's what it's really become is just a marketing ploy dude it's that, free marketing that's all it is and it's especially free marketing for misinformation yeah I mean let's be honest this podcast notwithstanding notwithstanding <laughs> um, <laughs> we've never purported to be anything other than what we are however <laughs> that's true but when look I mean they. I just saw this thing on uh, on Vice about how powerful Facebook is in lesser developed countries and even first world countries that it's there everybody's getting there like for instance uh, Mexico with vaccination um, they are so interwoven with Facebook that it becomes you're getting from your uncle your aunt your cousin all of these random unsubstantiated claims and clips from these wackadoos that say don't take the vaccine and sure enough why aren't you taking the vaccine? Well, my grandmother told me that it was going to, you know, I was going to grow a third nipple. Or my, my, my uncle told me that I would be dead in five years. There was a string of uh, face posts that were coming out of supposedly Johns Hopkins, which is kind of a big medical school. I've heard of it. They do some research. I've they do some stuff. But anyway, so there were these anti-vaxxers that were claiming to be scientists from Johns Hopkins, and this is a re, you know a clinical study from Johns Hopkins University, and it went everywhere. And they had to, you know, obviously the university had to come out and be like, okay, first of all, we had nothing to do with this. We have everybody's vaccinated here. But the damage was done. The damage was done. It's the same way it's that whole thing if, you know, you call somebody a pedophile and you call and you say, this guy's a pedophile and it marinates for two weeks. Yeah. And done. then it comes out he wasn't. Yeah. You're always going to be the pedophile. Always. Like, that's that's how that works. Yeah. That's how human beings operate. It's that first initial impact is usually the most substantial yeah. and, the mo- and, and the most concrete in your memory is that initial impact. 
Because even if you are acquitted, even if the information is proven to be wrong, you're always going to be like, remember that one time when they said that guy was a pedophile? I mean, he wasn't. But you remember when they said he was? Right. It's the same thing with this misinformation. It's a story as old as old as time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you build a thousand bridges, but molest one kid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you got a scarlet letter. Um, yeah, it's fucking, dude. The, the, I, I'm just, I'm over. I don't even. It's hard for me to understand how people are so unbelievably myopic in their ability to intake information from other sources. Well, the the plus side of this conversation is that Facebook is obviously the, the tide is turned as far as content that goes on social media and they've had to take steps to try and, you know, reclamate their whole public image. Absolutely. Their TOS is I mean, same with uh, YouTube. Same. And now, granted, some of the TOS stuff and Twitch, mm -hmm. and it's clearly not regulated properly. There's clearly bots that there's a reason why we'll, uh, when people, when you hear like streamers talk, they say he was going to fucking uh, Minecraft himself or yeah. he was going to, you know what, Roblox himself. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason they're saying that instead of suicide because you will instantly be removed via the algorithm. Yeah. So now we're trying to work around AI right. to, to be able to have honest, earnest discussions about anything. Sure. Because you can't, you can't say, you can't say I, I saw this one guy and he said this horrible thing, he called somebody a tranny, and then have a conversation about how horrible it was, because that algorithm will pick up the word tranny You're done. and fucking ice you. And Now, granted, I understand, but, but I, there's gotta be some sort of contextual way yeah. to be able to have a conversation about the bad stuff without it being completely deplatformed de or your your page being fucking blown to pieces. It's a real big problem yeah. within like the Twitch and the YouTube community. And there's a gentleman we'll talk about later in the show in more depth, but you said the word deplatform, and I really like that because there's a quarterback in the National Football League that is super in the news right now. Oh, and his thing lately is he goes on Pat McAfee's show every fucking week and he deplatforms people. Like he wow. he wants if Mike Florio says something negative about Aaron Rodgers, he wants him off the air. Why the fuck are you allowed to spread your bullshit about me? Really? If Ian Rappaport tweets something that's breaking news about Aaron Rodgers, he wants him off the air. Well, like he's wanna, outspoken. Well, do you, you want to talk about this more? In, oh yeah, yeah, we'll in, talk in, about in it. A we have so much to Bobby's, say about Aaron Rodgers. so fired up. Um, if you couldn't tell, that's my boy. Well, yeah, that is your boy. You've had nuts I've, in your mouth for years. I've been gargling Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Yeah, gurgle, um, gurgle, gurgle, gaggle, gurgle. <laughs> um, everybody, welcome back. I hope everybody's doing well. We're doing well. How you, you're doing well, right? I'm doing all fine. All things considered? Yeah, all things considered. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a great preamble, right? Um, well, you mean be, besides my debilitating misery? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> besides that and, and crippling addiction, you're doing great. Doing all right. Doing yeah. okay. Um, guys, welcome back. It is November. 
It is uh, the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. Uh, you know what we do. We're down in the bunkie doing our do. I believe um, either uh, Patsy Cline, Sarah McLaughlin, or uh, the Dresden <laughs> Dolls are playing downstairs. Um, I think that's happening right now. I really hope it's the Dresden Dolls. Dude, because I want to see her naked again. I, That'd be I'm great. Sure you would. Um, <laughs> that's a great band. God damn it. They are. So yeah, this Amanda. So she's good. a crazy lady. Yeah. Think. Whoa. Holy cow. She's a nutter butter. Um, Na- married to Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Or was. Is. I don't was? know. Was. I don't pay attention. There's a lot of stuff know, going man. on. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know, man. man. Pop culture, brother. Um, I don't know. Ask the K-poppers. I don't know. I think uh, Beyonce is married to Kim Kardashian, for all I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't even fucking know. That would be a fucking power couple. Um, just Whoa. Just putting that out That's there. That's too much ass. Ro Ray J. That would tear a hole in all the universes. Ro Ray J. <laughs> um, I hope everybody's been well. Fall is firmly uh, planting its foot inside of our butts there are leaves everywhere i don't know where you're listening to this might still be warm you might be in a california wildfire right now i don't know i can't suppose but we're doing great here in old durangi um it's that hot cold weather right now where you wear a jacket then take it off then put on sweats then take them off then you don't know what the fuck's going on hour to hour in this town um but it is beautiful that we can affirm to the to the X X X power. Um, I am sitting across from a beautiful young man. I call him a young man. Okay. Um, he doesn't feel young. No. And let's be honest, you both don't look young. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is uh, the maestro of my heart. He plays all the strings upon the harpsichord of my soul. This is one myth, Mr. Poppet Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Huzzah! Huzzah! Uh, across from me, he needs no he needs no introduction. Yet yeah, does he is Sir Antonio Brandaris. <laughs> he is the bringer of my smokes when I don't have smokes. <laughs> Sometimes he brings me whiskey. Mm. Sometimes he brings me good good, <laughs> good tithings. Good <laughs> <laughs> How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm good. It's been yeah. a weird. Has it been a weird week for you? It's been a fucking bizarre week it's bizarro world uh right yeah, now i don't, I don't know, know what's if you going heard, on but my the company that i worked for got bought by another company we've talked about it it's big so i've spent the last week trying to do what i usually do and trying to learn the new stuff that i'm going to be doing it's one of that transition period i've met some very good people within their organization and i'm trying to learn a new like you know fucking system and this and yeah. that it's 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 definitely making the old man think Sure, that's sure. not a bad thing. Keeps the neurons firing. Keeps you, know you know sharp, I mean? buddy. It's like it's like when they tell old people you should get an app on your phone that does math because it keeps you mentally nimble. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm going through right now. Iron sharpens iron, I think is what they say. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Iron sharpens did you, iron. Did you make that up? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> been around for a long time. Been and whiskey hey. makes you drunk. But before we go into that, oh. I was, give me a little breakdown of your week. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I could do a little check-in real quick. Just look quick. I mean, nothing big. Uh, spent a lot of time focusing on business. Good. I'm actually in talks right now to acquire a few contracts with a security consultant out of Denver. Nice. That they're trying to kind of unload, and that would actually change my life forever. Nice. If that happens. Yeah. 
Good Who knows? You. We'll see. We'll so see. look, look at us growing. Look at us. Just little, you know, inside our little chrysalis. Yeah. We're just fighting to get out. <sighs> fighting to get out. I'm going to be a butterfly without wings, though, That's I right. promise you. <laughs> it's just going to fall to the floor and get eaten <laughs> by a robin. Just break all my ribs and get a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> that actually could happen at any point. Early. Any point. I, I've, I woke up. I was hanging out with walnuts last week. You know, Mr. Walnuts doesn't have very long in Durango, unfortunately. So we're trying to squeeze in some super bro time. Oh, is he dying? Before, um, I mean, he's been dying <laughs> since 98. I mean, I understand uh, entropy, but yeah. like. <laughs> no, this is beyond entropy. No, I understand. It's a new Lovecraft, this is advanced entropy. Lovecraft story beyond entropy. Um, he's going through his shit, but we're trying to spend time together. I woke up after a night of hanging out with him. Um, it looks like I fucking tried to uh, have sex with Ike Turner. Okay. I was bruised everywhere, and I don't know how. Um, I was still fully clothed, Aww. just in case you got... I know. I'm sorry, Tina, baby. So, hey, Tina, baby. <laughs> um, but anywho, Bobby, you were on Booze Patrol this week. What lovely libation did you put before us? I put almost no thought into this. <laughs> I'm gonna go zero. Whatsoever. <laughs> I walked. I walked into the, our good friends over at Wagon Wheel. Always have provided very good product for us. Was Chucky McChuckovich there? Uh, no, actually Perry Jones. Oh, yet another. Mr. Perry, dude. Yet another liquor rep wow. getting, getting a real job. Go figure. What's happening? They hate to work. Um, yeah, Perry Jones was uh, behind the counter. Shout out to Perry. He's a lovely guy. He is. He is. Yeah. Genuinely, curmudgeonly and nice. And he's he's curmudgeonly and nice, and he was in the one of the first liquor reps I ever dealt with ten years ago in Durango when he worked for at the time. I mean, ironically, I believe they were called Peak. Oh, maybe um, so. Yeah, time, yeah, I think before so. Before they were enveloped. Yep. Um, yeah, he didn't like to uh, work a lot. Uh so <laughs> that's very true. I also had lunch with Amy, who's our good friend at Breakthrough. No, no, no. She's um. She's over at uh, fucking Sunnyside. Sunnyside. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's Amy right. Amy Perilli. That's right. Love Big her. Shout out. I love Amy and love Dennis. Her. Her husband. She offered me a job at Sunnyside. Dude, she's trying. To, dude, Sunnyside no, is a fucking monster. Yeah. Right? No, I know. I know. They took every good chef in town and put him behind a butcher block. It yeah, was yeah, awesome. For sure. <laughs> Cliff and Yeah. I, yeah. It, no, yeah. I know. Morris Row, dude. No, I get it. Like you're you gotta do what you gotta do right now if you're gonna make shit work and Bruh. put people behind the stick, buddy. Bruh. But anyways, uh so I go into Wagon Wheel and I just picked up the first twenty dollar bottle of whiskey I could find because that's <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, the aisle is four feet long. So I was, it's not like he was walking back and forth. I was a little nonplussed just because I was working today, and then I was like, oh, wait, are we recording today? And then you're like, yeah, yeah dude, I'll be there in 15 well, minutes. I'm literally there in 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. All right, so I <laughs> ran into Wagon Wheel, and uh, I bought a bottle. And I, for those of you diehards, we've done this bottle before, but it was... Years ago, it's archived. This is Evan Williams, but it's not just the black label Evan Williams, the fake Jack Daniels. Fake or Jack. Yeah. Uh, this is Evan Williams bottled in bond. 
Kentucky Straight Bourbon. If you guys remember the 400,000 times we've talked about what Bottled and Bond means, it's a one-season whiskey that's aged for four years, and it's got to be 100 proof. That's essentially what Bottled and Bond is. But it's contractually done so. It is contractually done so, and it's literally bonded by the government. I don't think that's true anymore. It's the FBI. Yeah, I don't think it's true anymore. It's the FBI. They're not. It makes frogs gay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I heard. Look, there's something weird about a gay frog. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. He's such a bull. Yeah, he. (laughs) We're not making gay jokes. Um, Aaron. We make jokes gay. First of all, this is a super cheap $20 bottle of what I would consider (laughs) lower mid-range bottled and bond high proof whiskey. Yeah. This is like there's, we all know, there's top shelf, there's mid shelf, there's bottom shelf and well. This lies somewhere between bottom shelf and well by virtue of, of kind of where it's considered. But at bottled and bond we're drinking this neat out of a glass. This is kind of kind of sub mid shelf I would I would say that's like kind of what house yeah. being kind of almost in the same category but made better and higher proof yeah we always love our Rittenhouse here except oh, it's Kyle, the exact same proof except Kyle Rittenhouse oh yeah he sucks not good not no. a good guy um he's an adult now he can he will and can suck dicks um <laughs> bottled and bond Evan Not small Williams. ones. <laughs> oh, no. He's getting that <laughs> Alabama. Um, let's hope so. God bless America. Uh, it is single distillery, government supervised. We all know the bottle and bond story. What does it taste like to you? Let's get down to fucking brass tacks. Well, first of all, because it's 100 proof, it's... It hurts. It's a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> the approach is much like an Elon Musk flamethrower. It's shitty and small. <laughs> yes. And you never know when it's going to blow up. But I will say this uh, it's pretty balanced. I think it has all the classic notes. I would mix this. I think it'd be really fun to mix this yeah. like at home. Diet Barks. Diet Barks. Make a Manhattan. <laughs> whatever you want to do. But I'm not going to sit around and watch Scrubs and drink this over ice. I'm not going to. Um, no. Sprite Zero. Sprite Zero. Definitely Sprite Zero. <laughs> uh, maybe some Diet Cherry 7-Up. Mm. Mm, intriguing. Tell me more. I'm on a white uh, grill diet. Not, so. <laughs> not <laughs> This is um, not unlike my favorite strippers. It's cinnamon. Yes. Um, cinnamon with an S, if you catch my. If there was a cinnamon stick floating in this bottle, I would not be Fuck shocked. Fuck you, there should be. Spicy. This is eggnog without all the stuff that makes it feel good and just the cinnamon and whiskey. Whoa, <laughs> you just blew my mind. When Great we, eggnog. The one time we did eggnog <gasps> on this show, it, it was, it was Evan, Evan Williams. Williams. Oh, my God. That's fucking funny. Wow. That is hilarious. Yeah, Sean Moriarty and all of his wisdom brought Bot in a bottle eggnog. of eggnog. Yikes. That man was responsible for so much pain <sighs> in the funky. Um, I've been unhealthy ever since. <laughs> that gave, literally gave me gout and thrombosis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, this is, on the, let's be real, it's a cinnamon stick 
floating in isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. There's not a lot of nuance. It, there's not supposed to be. If you're a guy that's having a bad week and you want to cozy up on a cold day with a bottle to kind of take you out of wherever you're at, there's not a lot of bottles that would be better than this. Well, first of all, it's a $20 bottle. It's 20 bucks. You can get throw a Jeffy out on the table, grab this bottle, go home, watch fucking reruns of Golden Girls, do whatever you do to put yourself in a happy place. This is the bottle to do it. Um, mixing, absolutely. You can do it, but let's be honest. It ginger. has limitations. I think ginger and lime. Like This would make a fun little, little Kentucky mule. Little mule. Kentucky mule yeah. would not be horrible. I think that'd be It good. definitely needs some body. It needs some sugar. It needs some uh, base to it. It feels like a lot of roof and house and not a lot of foundation, um, and which is fine. You can build on it. But for a $20 bottle at 100 proof, there's a regular Evan Williams tastes like fucking if Jack Daniels bricked in your mouth. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's gross. It's not okay. Their rye, even worse. This might be one of their best bottlings yeah. by virtue of their line. And I know even Evan Williams makes like top tier yeah like they do like legit bottlings don't get me wrong and they're not horrible and they're not bad like every bad whiskey distiller what we consider bad jim beam etc etc crown royal they don't do anything good no they do (laughs) everybody's got top tier bottlings and nuanced small batch shit that they do um i think it's just trying to save face well crown royal has a famous rye that is Honestly, judged as one of the best. I'm not. I'm. I'm Dude. gonna put them up against 18 Colorado rice. I hear you, but um, they're the 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 grades on that rye are like I, in the 90s consistently. They've won awards. I get it. Beam has that one thing. But it's weird because nobody buys it. Yeah. Well, everybody's too busy buying the apple when you can't and get the it regular. though. And that yeah, but they even have like the VX and VR. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, like exquisite scotch. Yeah. Like they don't fuck around eating top tier. Evan Williams has some bottlings that are not on that level, but they have like their higher tiered bottlings. Um, but this is a hundred proof bottle and bond is man. It's not bad. We're so sitting, our, like said, our summation is it's good, but it's not crown Royal. <laughs> oh my yikes. god, dude. That's a yikesy model. Ooh, that might not be a sponsor. <laughs> we're not Jack, but we're trying. Um, <laughs> and by the way, if you go to Wagon Wheel, you look Chuck straight in his eye and you just tell him E dub. Yeah. Oh yeah. E-dub. Oh yeah. Dub, and he'll go right around. No, he knows with no words, and he'll grab you a bottle and open no. it right to Chuck, you. Chuck, Chuck is a friend of this podcast, and oh, not a stranger to Evan Williams. Oh, Chuck Amire Stratocaster, dude. Yeah. No. He's a good man. He is a good man. If he wasn't being such a piece of shit, he'd be a really good man. I used to judge the mixology contest at El Moro for Snowdown with Chuck. Ooh. Uh, and our friend Sinjin, and. Holy shit, dude. Like, if you do nothing but take a sip of every cocktail during that contest, you're fucking housed by well, the end of it. Chuck would drink a PBR 
between rounds. Yeah. Just smash one. Yeah. And then just keep drinking. Yeah. Oh, can I get a shot of JMO? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I liken I liken the judging of 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 cocktail contests in this town to every heavyweight fight that I've seen for the last eight years. There's two on-the-nose scorecards and some guy. <laughs> um, Chuck's could, liver just, is a colander. You could It's just a sock with sand. It doesn't do much. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, we spoke a little bit of, of one Mr. Number 12. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with this because it's particularly relevant. We all heard about the um, uh, one Mr., uh, as they like to call him on the right, Sleepy Joe Biden, um, said that, uh, he, and it was a federal suggestion, that companies over 100 workers, um, we recommend. Yeah. And I think this was a, a kind of a, a this, this was a predecessor to whatever I'm about to say, which they were recommending that companies over 100 recommend your uh, workforce get vaccinated. Now, and they've already had, uh, there's been a lot of exodus from, from companies. Not a, I don't want to overblow it. There's been some exodus from companies from even mask mandates. I know there's companies in town or restaurants in town that currently wear masks that people left because they felt strongly about not wearing masks. No judgment. I'm not going to talk about that. But now, as of Monday in Colorado, OSHA is requiring that companies over 100 have all their workers vaccinated or, you know, this is, everybody forgets the or, or they get tested weekly. Yeah. Uh, and that would be with that person's um, money. Yeah. Um, not picked up by the company, per se. Although there are some companies in town are talking about, if you want to stay with us and get tested, we'll pay for the test every week. That's great. So I, it's not so much a mandate as it is, you can do this or that. Let's be honest. Don't be such a bitch. Um, that being said, it. I was having a conversation with some people today and these are big companies that were gen. You see, in my company, most of us are vaccinated, and, and this isn't like tooting my horn or like we're better than you. It just so happens that most of us feel it, it's important enough to be vaccinated. That's all it means, and so we are. So it's we've never had an outbreak. Hasn't really been a topic of conversations. We do not wear masks at where I'm kind of um, working. So. And it's fine. Everybody goes about our business. Now they're going to say this. And my question to other people in other businesses was, how is this going to affect your business? And they're like, oh, no, it's going to be a huge problem. Um, do you think, okay, out of 100 people that you know in Durango that, that are working people, how many of those people, if you said you either get the vaccine or you um, leave, how many of those people... And this is such a shitty question. Say so you're not going to be able to do it, but spitball. Twenty percent are going to leave. You think that many? Yeah. Because that number hasn't been reflected anywhere else in anywhere that they've done this. And this, like I said, the, yeah, this is uh, my own anthropological study of just being around <laughs> people. Jane Goodall. Um, it just seems like there's about two out of ten people in any given room that are like, "Fuck that! I'm not fucking doing it." 
and I'd rather move on and do something else. Okay. Oh, and my uncle got the vaccine, and he's in the hospital with COVID, which he isn't. Wow. I love anecdotal evidence because uh, it's so awesome. It's gross. I knew this one guy who this happened to, this one thing. Um, it's so relevant to scientific fucking research, your anecdotal experience. Um, don't ever tell anybody about what you've gone through because it doesn't matter. This is what scientific research is, right? But, like, if I show those same people a graph with, for, that, that was drawn from hospitals... 50 states wide, maybe worldwide, that came out of their EMR systems and generated data. They'll be like, well, this depends on where you get your data from. And I'm like, no, you're getting it from the healthcare providers. So mm -hmm. apparently they're lying in mass yeah, to, no, to falsify these fucking numbers. Bullshit, man. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me, and this ties back to the Facebook thing. There's so much disinformation and misinformation out there. Um, this drives me crazy. Um, the do-your-own-research crowd. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yes, we are. Who are you to do your own research? What part, what part of R&D are you affiliated with within Pfizer, within any fucking scientific community where you're doing your own research? Your research consists of Googling something and grabbing exactly what you want to hear yeah. and reading false information. That's your... What are you doing? Peer-reviewed studies? And obviously, are you having double-blind fucking research? And both fucking? sides are doing it. Obviously. We get that. Both sides are... <laughs> I don't know if there's a ton of I'm not, misinformation coming out of the left. I'm not making a false equivalency because it's obviously weighted heavier toward the anti-vaxxers yeah, right now that are man. desperate for information to keep them from having to actually make a choice and do something. I get that. But there's definitely people on the left that are prone to believe any fucking thing that, you know, HuffPost sticks on their I, shitty I, website. I understand or, there's, there's, you know what I mean. I understand that they could be swayed to think something that doesn't exist per se. But baby-eating vampires, adrenochrome, uh, vaccina you know, vaccinations killing people, it's a fucking depopulation control thing. There is nothing equivalent of this coming out of the left. There's absolutely nothing. I'd like to hear one major conspiracy theory coming out of the left that isn't at least grounded in some sort of fucking substantive oh, I hear uh, you. information. By the way, uh, make, make no mistake. I think the right wing is winning Ooh. in the crazy world. They just They're won winning. the Virginia fucking governorship with a guy that's never been a politician that built his whole fucking platform on CRT in schools, which doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Well, we're in post-truth, post-fact America. So is this what, like, inevitably what Trump's going to be known for, right? Yeah. This is the fucking bellwether fucking moment. The this paradigm shift of being able to say, I don't need your facts because I know what I know. Feelings over facts. And that's, like, I can't remember who coined the, look, you can have your opinion, but you can't have your own facts. Now, you know what I right. mean? And that's been an accepted part of American culture for 50 years. Like, we don't... You know, I think that was, uh, what's her name? Kelly fucking, the one. Clarkson? I don't know. <laughs> Probably Kelly. <laughs> you know what? Fuck that bitch. I've never trusted her. Um, going back into 12, the number, the magical uh, number 12. I believe in the Kabbalah, the number 12 had 
high importance. Um, <laughs> we were going to talk about Aaron Rodgers because this ties into what we're saying. We wow. also love football. He also may or may not be the quarterback of my team next year. So I care about this subject. So a lot of our listeners are not like football fans or what have you. This so, is past football. But this is past. So, but a little background. Um, Aaron Rodgers notoriously has gotten a new girlfriend and she's very holistic and she put him on this path with a natural path that has him doing like all this homeopathic remedies and whatever, like, whatever you want to believe, believe it. It's fine. By the way, I could eat three bottles of homeopathic remedies and nothing will happen to my body. Negative or positive. No, you'll like poop. Which means I'm just eating chalk. You'll poop gray. Yeah. That's it. That's literally what's yeah. going to Homeopathy, or however you say that, is fucking nonsense. I'll it, say it. But anyways. It's um, great supplemental things to do for yourself in addition so to good other things. To build on the conversation that you were just having about the government, you know, kind of enforcing these mandates. So the National Football League deals with a union, and then the union being the National Football uh, Players Association. Players Association, yeah. And they have collective bargaining, and they came up with a set of guidelines that go along with COVID-19 and vaccinations and wearing masks and all the protocols that it would take to be in a workplace. And because these people work very close to each other, they work out together, they're in the, you know, meeting rooms together constantly, they're dealing with the media, they have trainers and coaches that are 67 years old. You know, dizzy old fat bastards that are like on the ready to die, anyways. Oh, you mean coaches? Coaches. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, on I think it was like August sixteenth, was asked at a press conference whether or not he had been vaccinated, and uh, he basically, I'll paraphrase, he said, "Yeah, I've been immunized." Immunized. Yeah. Which is a synonym for vaccination. It is, it's according famous. to the CDC. That's a that's a thing. Right. But so anyways, this week he tested positive for COVID-19 and because of the rules set forth by the collective bargaining agreement, um, he has to sit out for 11 days, which tells us he's not vaccinated because if you're vaccinated, right. you can test two times successfully within a 72 hour period something or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And you could still play, right. but he was immediately ruled out. You're out for 11 days, period. <laughs> not Vaccinated, Right. Loses his fucking mind. Flips out. According to Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk, Aaron Rodgers, according to a source, is fucking furious that the NFL press... That he got COVID? That he, <laughs> well, yeah. But that his, that his vaccination status was released to the world. And it's like, dude, everybody... Tough shit. Tough shit. You did the wrong thing, and my, I would, you're a liar. Do you think he's a, see, this is where it becomes. Did he lie, or did he uh, fucking do the old craft work? Was he like a sneaky McSneakerson? And no, I didn't lie. I just didn't, I just didn't tell the truth. Well. Did he pull one of those? Let's hear it from. Mr. Rogers himself. Let's, please. At All least right. for a little bit. Um, so every week he appears on the Pat McAfee show, which is just uh, the Joe Rogan of punters. Yeah. he's. <laughs> oh, by the way, he was a punter. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Outside of long snapper, I don't know the most... I love not, a good long snapper. Not 
thought about person on the field. I haven't liked a punter since Reggie Roby. That's dude, great guy. Dude, Reggie Roby wore a giant gold Rolex <laughs> while he punted. Dude, my punter. <laughs> that got, brother. Dude, my punter punted got in style. NFC uh, special teams player of the week. Oh, he's a badass my punter. That's well, McAfee was a badass. He was a as far as as far as punters. punters he was one go. of the first swole punters. He was he was a big dude. He was a swole guy. He was a swole kicker. I think he famously took a couple of dudes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But regardless, Whatever. Aaron Rodgers. He's a super giga Chad. Who apparently is a Joe Roganite. I had no idea. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Woo! The McAfee show. So let's hear what he has to say. About his situation. Ivermectin. <laughs> I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket, I think I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the uh, blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell my side of the story on here. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, it was a very, uh, you know, witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it and what it meant if they said it's a personal decision, they should, shouldn't have to disclose their own uh, medical information and whatnot. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie, it was the truth. And I'll get into the whole immunization in, in a second, but uh, had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Okay. Oh my God. I, <laughs> so, I'm I'm writing furiously. I have thoughts. Yeah, please. I mean, first of all, I don't disagree with everything that he's saying, except for all of the things that he said are fucking lies and complete right. bullshit. Right. He's lying. Right. Saying that he was immunized in that situation was misleading. It implies. And it implied that he was vaccinated. He implied that. And trying to back away from that and play victim is very distasteful. I believe in body autonomy, but you know, like Kirk Cousins, he's been called out bigger than Aaron Rodgers ever had because he just said, fuck you, I'm not getting vaccinated and I'll abide by the protocols. He was very honest about it. He was forthcoming and he just said, I will not get vaccinated, period. Uh, who's the asshole from Buffalo? Uh, the, the little uh, slot that? back, the little slot Stephon? wide receiver. No. The white guy. Um, I can't remember his fucking name. Um, he's more outspoken and he's more combative. He's actually using it as a platform to get his message across. But Aaron Rodgers 
didn't want anyone to know he wasn't vaccinated. He was feeling? Yeah. No, 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 no. From Buffalo. Oh, Uh, Buffalo. Shit. We'll look it up. I I keep Uh, thinking Minnesota. You know, we're kind of helpless without Carol. Yeah, I know. I know. It sucks. Dude, whatever. She's She's been incarcerated since January 6th. We don't know when she's getting out. I don't know when she's getting out, but whatever. <laughs> um, from the sports world, did you look at Kyrie Irving? Yep. Who, uh, who is know, a flat earther? Who's a, by the way, that was kind of my point. It's hard not to be put into the category, and that's why he specifically says in this interview, I'm not some sort of anti-vax flat earther, because that's the level of, of ridiculous idiocy we're dealing with. The fact that in one breath you can say, I'm not some sort of flat earther anti-vaxxer. That's how ridiculous those two statements seem. I'm not one of those the moon's cheese flat earth anti-vaxxer. I'm not one of those hollow earth hobbits are real anti-vaxxer. I'm not some one of those gravity doesn't exist we come from reptilians, anti-vaxxer. This is what we're dealing with, and everybody knows it. Yeah. Stop trying to pretend like this is normal. You don't do your own research. You know why? Because you're not a research analyst. So you don't do your own research. You look at shit online. That's what you do. You already have vaccines in your body that have proven to work. Period. End of story. The guy who invented the mRNA vaccine didn't invent it. He was part of a hundred people that was a research team. So he doesn't know what happened to it either. Stop. Just stop, man. Well, This is becoming like, when you see guys like that are clearly a smart guy, like Aaron Rodgers, this isn't about bodily autonomy. The same people that want to give, I don't want to take the vaccine, but get an abortion, don't get an abortion. Stop it with your false equivalency of your bodily autonomy. You simply are scared and and believing some fucking press article you read on the fucking Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. It's bullshit. I'm dude, that's why it's so hard not to say just fuck you die. Yeah. It's been hard for people that are like red sane people to just cuz you keep putting up with it, man. Yeah. And they're just like, you know what, after a while Cool, man. Don't get vaccinated. So today he, he's had three positions. One, he... <laughs> Just uh, three? He, his first thing was like, you know, I'm not this fly by the seat of my pants. I'm a critical thinker. <laughs> you fuck. But I marched to the beat of my own drum. But he talked to a lot of people. He's been, he's been hearing things. I've been hearing things. He's been hearing things people. from a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people are saying. They're saying. This fucking guy, who are you going to talk to? So, on one hand, they're saying the vaccine is way too fresh to even know what it's going to do, right? But you're talking to all these people that are giving you the advice of, well, it's going to harm your health. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. How the fuck do they know that? There's no research. You can't have it both ways. And by the way, just to clear up any misunderstanding, the research that began on mRNA vaccines happened over 10 years ago. 10 years ago. The beginning of that research 
was a decade. Just because this was the first one doesn't mean they just created the fucking uh, science for it. This no. has been around for 10 years. All so they do is it. they drop an inert version of the virus into that That's formula it. and they give it to you. That's Actually, it. Actually, theoretically, Pretty it's easy better to than do. a standard virus. Yeah. Like it's way fucking better. Yeah. Much more brainy. It's the cerebral yeah. fucking... The progressive so, virus killer. His second learn. position today <laughs> was that he's allergic to an ingredient in the mRNA formula. Okay, that's possible because there are people that have sensitivities to some of the ingredients that are in that vaccine. That's fair. I wish we could have Carol look up the sensitivity to mRNA vaccines. I'm What's sure it's... What's the percentage of the population? I'm sure it's less than 0.001. 0.00005 yeah. yeah. or yeah. some bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. let's assume he is. Let's assume he is. Okay. An hour later, he, cha- he fucking changes tack. <laughs> and he says, the next part of my life is going to be being a father and raising a family. And, rubber- and I'm scared to death that this vaccine is going to make me sterile. By the way, this thing that's going around about the vaccine making you sterile, first of all, awesome. Second of all, <laughs> it's witchery. It's witchcraft. There's no fucking research on this. Actually, none. There hasn't been a long enough time. Bobby, on the flip side of it, do you want to know one thing that has been proven? That the coronavirus can make you fucking erectile dysfunctional. Thank you. That has been proven. Proven. That's a real thing. Proven. So. Would you rather be, I mean, where are you, what side of the fence are you going to COVID-19 can break your dick. Dude, it can make sure that your sperm never does the Lambo leap. <laughs> <laughs> Football. Football. Um, Football. It's the sport of kings. kings. <laughs> Better than diamond, diamond rings. Wow. Football. I miss Goldie Hawn. I know. Who doesn't? And Wesley Snipes. And Wesley And Woodley <laughs> Harrelson. <laughs> and Kurt Russell's. Oh, my God. Can we just talk about the cast of Wildcats? It was pretty, it was pretty, amazing. It was pretty amazing. But anyways. Um, <laughs> but no, that's my position on Aaron Rodgers. I've carried water for Aaron Rodgers for a long time because I Bobby, think he's an amazing way, quarterback. Behind the scenes, if you hear Bobby talk about this guy, I mean, to watch his eyes light up, he Dude. becomes childlike. Well... And his fascination. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's fucked up when someone amazing. is that dichotomy between being a very sensitive genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about art from the artist. Yeah. yeah. Right? James yeah. Brown. Right? Yeah. Uh, we, Tom we, Cruise. Sean Kemp. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> R. Kelly. <laughs> Bill Cosby. But he's... He's an artist as a football player. I mean, right. he's... He really is. He's the most talented football player I think I've ever seen can, can at the quarterback we, position. Okay, can we just make this, put this out on Front Street? With everything we're saying now, I understand it. I think the man's a, a, a absolute fucking hack as a person. I think he gets away with I'm on what board I with think that. with most of what people would consider bullshit. I don't think... I don't think any quarterback in the league not named Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady could get away with what he's saying. 
I think he takes advantage of that. I don't think he's a bad dude, but I think he's dishonest and disingenuous. And I want him on my team next year. Absolutely. Are you kidding <laughs> That's me? All I'm if I could, <laughs> That's how bad we are. I spent last We're week wishing people. for Deshaun Watson to become a Miami Dolphin. Oh my God. And he's a sex offender. Dude. But I was like, I don't. Yeah, I'm cool. I don't. Who? Yeah, I don't know those girls. <laughs> oh my god, that's where we're at, no. uh, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. We have a um, a funny little sponsor. It's kind of weird, but I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Bobby, uh, who do we have this week? Do you guys remember Blizzard Entertainment? No, you're talking about World of Warcraft, Diablo. Yes, well, and they got into some heat about some misogynistic bullshit they did in their office. Going on in, in the workspace, much, much right, like right, the right. Washington football team. Yeah. Um, no, they uh, apparently are trying to make a comeback, and they're following in the tracks of a lot of other bigger companies, obviously. Word. And they're rebranding. I've got a 12th-level wood elf that I'm still working on, so a big fan. <laughs> And now a word from your sponsor. It is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Hey there, I'm Aaron. And you've all seen those other guys with their world-building VR and AI. They think it's meta. We have leveled up, and we've made meta better. So you made meta better? Well, that sounds great. How did you do it? Well, we swapped the M for a B, and we added a T. Don't you see? So I see. It makes meta better. Now you're getting it. Blizzard Entertainment. 2004 was great. But, but we're, we're making, making it better. <laughs> wow. That's going to be fun to edit. That'll be fun. You'll enjoy that. <laughs> Let's go smoke. I'm not going to lie, buddy. The more I drink this, the more I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Southwest Colorado Podcast, and we never pull any punches. No, we don't. You can get a hold of us. Reach out, please, at 970-426-5344. Bond! Bond <laughs> Bond. <laughs> leave us a voicemail send us a text we're looking for some feedback I know we're just coming back but we need some more from you folks Uh, you can find all of our links at linktree slash whiskey reel you can also email us at whiskey reel at gmail.com yeah man Um, you should reach out I know shit's different but we still trying to put it in there what? Get it in there. We got some we got some surprises coming. Oh boy. The next, next month week? the next month is gonna be actually no, pretty good. I got some stuff lined up. Next week is going to be f- 
fire. We promoted Kevin to Booker, and he's doing a pretty damn good job. We got some good guests oh, coming back. Kevin's alive? Oh, yeah. He's a demon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he says, Cenobites don't die, brother. Huh. They only multiply. You ever, uh... I'm going to start that over. <laughs> 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 Thank God I edit this podcast. <laughs> Buddy, have you been watching anything cool? This is media time. My guy. My guy. Bring it. My dude. I, I know. Um, I can feel it. I know what you're doing. You know what I'm about to set up for right now? Um, there is a movie on the old Netflix. It's Netflix, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a Netflix movie. That might be one of the unheralded gems of the last couple of years. Um, it's a movie called The Harder They Fall. The Harder They Fall. This comes from an old uh, Jimmy Cliff song, right? Yep. The Harder They Fall, one and all. I'm going um, to edit that out. Yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> this is a black western. It's going to be said as such. It is it the is, blackest western. It is what was the so much more. Mario Van Peebles West. Posse. Posse. Um, me and Rex, um, I don't know how many of you know, but I date a woman of color. Um, <laughs> we, we live together, so we're an interracial couple. And um, we talked about this while watching this movie. I was like, what was that one fucking movie with Big Daddy Kane? She was like, bossy. I was like, bet. Um, that was almost, I don't want to say it was a caricature, but it kind of was because it was so new to the western trope yeah uh, um, it was it was over sexualized <laughs> wow that's, that's not, not a, word. a word no i know <laughs> um <laughs> the word is sexualized but <laughs> in bond <laughs> it's bobby in bond <laughs> um this is a different film like this is a yeah, different man. approach yeah man um i think it 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 definitely draws on a lot of things that we love. It draws on Quentin Tarantino. It draws on old school black exploitation films. Mm. It draws on Robert Rodriguez. Spaghetti it draws on westerns. spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, there's a lot of tropes that run through this film. 100%. What is it anchored by? <sighs> Hood. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's it, a little hood. No, it's it's anchored by a sensibility of the American black experience, yeah. and and you know when you get two late forties white guys talking about the black experience of America, it kind of plays. Everyone um, should pay attention. Should. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. This movie was two hours plus of fun. Fun. It was so fucking well done. And so, like, man, it, it, it was funny. Uh, Bobby and I were talking about this beforehand, and we're like, who are the only white people in the movie? And there was two instances that happened that was, there was like a train robbery, or I should say a, a train, um, uh, um, a train like, um, what am I, what's the word? Like a prison break, Like a prison break. And then the other one was kind of a forced 
a bank robbery. Yeah. In a town that was all white, and then they painted they painted the town all white. Yeah. Which was so funny. Funny. And, awesome. and the bitch, and that was it. That bitch bank teller was such a Karen. Oh, it was fucking amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, but let's lay it down. What was this? It was all the tropes that you love in a western. Some young kids, something did, somebody did something bad to this young kid's parents. He grows up, tries to go after the guy that did him wrong, and that's literally the story. Yeah. There's not a lot to, like, overthink by virtue of, like, nuance in the story outside of the fact that there was a, a love interest. There was those key players. There was the marksman. There was the fucking badass. There was the uh, fucking bad... There was the boss level. Yeah. There was, like, all these tropey things that we're used to in Westerns. They just happened to be black characters. And the thing that was cool was I was talking to Rex about this movie. And, I, and, and my biggest draw that I uh, pulled away from this was not the fact that this is... These are people in a, uh, a these aren't black people in a western. You know, this was a black yeah. western movie. Yes, and it didn't. If it literally felt like you could have put white folk in this movie, and it still would have been a good movie. This had nothing to do with like being black per se. This was a well-written movie that just happened to be able to lean on the coolness of black tropes during that time yeah. that they could lean on, whether it's slavery, whether it's incarceration. They were able yeah. to pull from certain stuff that they were able to glean to make the story more interesting. But it, it wasn't like they were like, oh, man, watch, we're going to black this shit up. It wasn't like that. There's an element of that. But it's it's. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I think there's an element of it, uh, and like I said in the beginning, like there there is black exploitation elements of it that they wanted in there. Talk these characters, to me, cracker. These these characters <laughs> are a little. They're all a little over the top for the most part. Like um, every western ever made. Everyone speechifies. Every you know what I mean. Like like there's a lot of that, but it's just black people doing it. And it's it, really fucking well written. It's really, dude, it's well acted. Oh, we're going to get into that in a Woo. second. The one thing I would say is this. I was watching this with Rex and I said they like modernized it. So it's accessible mm -hmm. to young people. And I was like, when did they ever say this, this and this back then? And motherfucking, and why did they? And she looked at me and she goes, you don't know how we talked. Yeah. And I was like, who? Yeah. You know what? I don't know how what the vernacular was. There's a, there's and a scene how's in that the first. Played into modern vernacular. Yeah. We don't know. We want to say it was modernized verbiage, but maybe it wasn't. Right. And that was the interesting part for me. You know, it's funny. There was a criticism of Deadwood early on because they cursed so much, and most kind of historical based shit was saying, well. Back then, cursing was very declassé, and right. actually people in that time and Deadwood d didn't curse like that, right? Right. But, dude, it was they just so... To. It was so much cooler. They had to. And it, and it conveyed a sense of, like, these aren't the coolest people you've ever dealt with in your entire life. These I, are 
outlaws. Well, These it's are funny because I mean, I even remember my mom saying, "Don't if don't curse so much. It's going to make you seem like you're not intelligent." Right. And then they have like Stanford studies saying that the most intelligent people curse all curse the time. Curse constantly. Um, whatever. That being said, I when you when they had hard lives, when people have hard lives, they tend to talk hard. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's just the way life goes. Uh, for it's one way to get your fucking point across. Amen. Nothing you know like I mean? a good fuck, my dude. Drop a motherfucker. That's what's up. Um, I wanted to talk more about um, the actors involved, and yeah. this was like a who's who. Oh my god! Of black actors, you had Idris, you had Regina King, you had Lakeith Stanfield, um, you had um, uh, Damon Wayans Jr. Was he is in this that? fucking movie? Dion yeah, Cole, who's a very famous um, actor. You had the, the the guy that we extolled his virtues. Edie Gathigir. Yeah, that guy's I, fucking gonna, amazing. From fucking Lovecraft. Yes, was the main. Was well, the, Jonathan Major. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Major's from Lovecraft Country. He's the protagonist. Oh. He's amazing. Zazie. Um, Zazie beats. Beats. Yo. Um, she played the love interest. Um, I. She was a badass. Honestly, cannot tell you whether or not she's a good actress. Because every time she's on have screen, I've never seen her act. I just close one eye. <laughs> <laughs> she played Domino in Deadpool too. That's um, one of the hottest women I've ever seen in my entire life. She's a good-looking lady. Um, she's nice we, to look at. She's okay. Uh, we talked about our main stars of the movie who affected us the most. And again, this movie is called The Harder They Fall. Watch it. I don't give a fuck what you like or Please what do. you do. It is so fun and well-acted and well-shot conceptually. Bringing in all the spaghetti and Tarantino and everything, it feels very comfortable to a modern audience. What were the two people that you say stood out? I think we were... Out of this amazing cast. We might agree on a couple of things. And obviously, the low-hanging fruit, if anybody's ever heard this podcast, for me, would be Idris Elba. I love... Idris Elba. I'm oh, a f- do you love? Oh, I would love him. <laughs> Given the opportunity. Tenderly. <laughs> I have... It would not be tender. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be on the receiving end there's of There's a lot I'm of sure. growling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of... There's probably some crying. <laughs> no, there's crying. At some rather. point. Um, no. So, <laughs> and we might agree on these. We haven't... Okay. Necessarily discuss this, but um, Lakeith Stanford's performance as Cherokee Bill or uh, Stanfield, right? Um, as Cherokee Bill, Woo! what a fucking great! That was my great one. character. Um, a violent man that hates violence, but is also the best at it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That dichotomy what is a so co- interesting. Concept, um, it's man. very Clint Eastwoody, right? Yes. Where I'm the killer, I don't want to kill, but, but I, I will if you press but I me. I will. You press and, me. And in the movie, he killed people and was almost shaking his head while he yeah. did it. Like I told you, motherfucker, yeah, don't, don't do, do this. this. Don't do this. Um, he's such a dude. By the way, if you haven't seen Judas and Black Messiah, um, the Keith's performance in that, um, he. And, and granted, I know I know the other gentleman got the nod for the Oscar, uh, but the Keith's performance phenomenal. Uh, Daniel's uh, Daniel got the nod, but 
The geese performance was so understated and pretty and, and, for, and beautiful. For our white listeners, which is all of you, um, <laughs> you also saw Lakeith in Get Out. He was the young man that was already taken before the main guy. He had the there. fedora at the party that yes. started crying and and bleeding out. from the nose yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he was and he was fucking amazing in that. Yeah. Uh, so my other and this is going to be another low hanging fruit. I am such a fucking Regina King fan. I think I grew up with Regina King. She's been in everything. 227? 227. <laughs> Marla Gibbs. <laughs> How you doing? Jack A. Jack, what you doing, Jack A? <laughs> no, Regina King, she's fucking phenomenal, man. She Brilliant gets director. She gets better with age. Like, she's just become That woman's 50. I think you kind of alluded to the fact that maybe there's moments when she's a little overactory in this. But she was given, like, a very specific role. And she was the wisdom within this crime family. She was the one that talked some sense. And she has a scene with 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 my girl, with Beats. <laughs> with Beats. <laughs> that it is so fucking good, man. And it's touching, talking touching. about when she was younger, and it kind of explains her violence. They give her an arc. Yeah. It explains her violence. Yeah. And who she is. In a very... She's cartoonish movie they gave her such a cool little and they never did that with anybody else except at the very end at the end yeah yeah of Um, course my person that I'd like to give big 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 ups to um, is this little kind of androgynous character that they (laughs) brought along in the movie called Cuffy Cuffy and it's this absolutely gorgeous woman by the way Uh, her name is Danielle Deadweiler and I'm not partial to Danielle's I just call her Danielle <laughs> Deadweiler. Um, she's a gorgeous woman, and she. There's a thing called acting called mugging. It's where your face emotes way too much, and it's giving the game away. There's no nuance to your acting. And she does certain things where she emotes, and it feels almost theatrically big. And it plays in this movie. I don't know if that was directed or intended, but she has these moments in the movie where she becomes the biggest thing on the screen. And it's it, they're beautiful moments where she becomes the protagonist. She assumes the protagonist's yes. position. And it's really powerful. And she's such a little fucking spitfire in the movie. I absolutely loved it. She has a moment in the movie where she foreshadows what's going to happen. She tells them. She tells them. Happen. And you don't really believe it because they portray her as right. this meek, yeah. kind of I mean, like, weirdly kind of badass. Because they call her a boy through fucking right, the, almost the whole fucking movie. They, you know and then what they mean? put her in a dress, and then she fucking delivers. Not like, unlike Mr. Bird, the whole it, the the whole stars shit with fucking um, with Ethan Hawke. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's kind of that. Are you a boy or a girl? And we don't, you know, we don't know right. who you are. And um, it, it was, there was so much fun in this, and it was so acceptable and digestible for anybody that. I loves. can't remember what he says, but the uh, the the other fast shooter that uh, travels with the good guys, 
um, says, yeah. has that moment where he's yeah. like, I knew I was in love with you for a reason, or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what he said, but yeah. No, she, he goes, he goes, how did, have you ever seen anybody? He's like, what do you say? He goes, he goes, how do you know you've ever seen anybody faster than you or some shit? Yeah, she yeah. goes, I've looked in a mirror. I looked in the mirror. Yeah. But then he sees her in the dress. Yeah. And he and has then, that realization. And then he has it's like, realization. oh, that's why I like this. I like <laughs> and he's like, nobody? Yeah. Nobody? <laughs> Everybody's like, oh. I don't know, um, but. <laughs> fun movie, very well acted, very well directed, and Wait, very you, much. Who's your time. other. Uh, that was it, Lakeith. Oh, Lakeith, you, you went with Cherokee? Was yeah. He was so understated. He's become such a sly actor. He's going to do damage as he gets older, too, and gets more yeah, mature. He's going to um, find the right role. He is so understated in how he plays things. And he's so, what I said is mugging, where you're over the top theatrical when you emote too much. And it's like, it works for theater and not film. Lakey Stanfield is built for film. He's so understated. If you watch Judas Black Messiah, if you've seen him in Get Out, if you watch this, he has such a sweet, such a beautiful nuance of how his mannerisms are that it's very like when that guy's on the screen, I watch him and yeah. I only watch him. Definitely, um, he's a very magnetic actor, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do for the rest of his career. For me, he's the best part of the movie. For I, me. I I would agree. I yeah. would agree 100%. And we love Jonathan Majors. He was in, Fuck. you know, Lovecraft Country. We talked about that every you week for 12 weeks. talk about motive actors. Um, big time. Christ, he's a man. stagey and guy. He's very theatrically trained. And then you talk about Idris, which is the opposite, where it's all inside. Everything Idris does is interior work. And then um, sometimes you get outside stuff. But he's built for he's built for film, yeah. Idris. Yes. Not to mention he's just a gorgeous hunk of a man but he's easy to look at (laughs) Jonathan Majors is still going through his emotive phase I'd like to see when he gets and he digs his heel into his film career Um, because he's talented as a well he was King the Conqueror in the Loki Marvel series correct right right and weirdly emotive like sometimes Overly emotive, but also but, it worked. But do you see? He went from Lovecraft. He was scary. To Marvel. Yeah. And those require an emotive actor. Yeah. And he's he wears it all in his face. He was dope. He's going to be interesting when he doesn't wear it on his face. I agree. And I agree. he can just internalize all these emotions. Anyway, super geeky. We love Heart of They Fall. Couldn't fucking love it more. So Bobby. what what uh, hip-hop song are you li- going to have us listen to this week? There's this new group. <laughs> <laughs> There's this new hip-hop group called, um, I believe it's pronounced Radiohead. Oh. Have you heard of them? I mean, they can drop it. They can drop that shit. I got bars. They were, I think they were on uh, Ye's label. Tom York's got some bars. He's got bars. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fucking Radiohead fan. Anybody who knows me knows that. We don't talk a lot of them because we, they don't do a lot of work. They just re-released um, two very unheralded albums, in my opinion. Uh, two of their best albums, after after OK Computer, which is their magnum opus, they put out Kid A and Amnesiac, and it happened within six months. And they used to think Amnesiac was like the outtakes of Kid A. 
Um, those are absolute works of art. Um, if you're fans of Radiohead, I don't need to tell you about it, but they re-released it, remastered it. It's called Kid A Amnesiac. Get it? Because the A is in both titles. That's fun. Um, <laughs> they have some new... I, I'm going to say new old cuts. If you know Radiohead and seen live performances, they had a couple songs that they used to do at, like, Soundcheck. They used to do songs they used to intersperse within uh, concerts for whatever reasons. Um, I can extol the virtues of Tom York and the and the brothers and... Um, I, I there are very few bands that have ever affected me um, as much as this band has. They got me through a lot of bad times, a lot of good times, but a lot of bad times. If you've ever listened to Pyramid Song, if you've ever listened to Idiotech, um, these are like transcendent songs of personal growth that were on both of these albums. They released this as one album. Um, don't sleep, man. Um, uh, I know Radiohead's almost feels like your dad's band now, which seems so fucking weird to me because I'm old. Because my daughter will probably look at Radiohead and look at them as like, hopefully like the Beatles. They'll probably... Probably like, likes Steely Dan. Probably likes, hey, fuck you. <laughs> that was a deep cut. Um, Radiohead's a brilliant band. They earn all the respect they get. If you've ever uh, managed to give them the time, uh, they're not a whiny bunch of Brits. They know how to play music better than you. Yeah. Um, that's why they score films. That's why they can do what they do. It's because, listen, brother, they're better than you. Uh, which, whatever instrument you choose to play, <laughs> they do it better than you. Yeah. Um, and I, I accepted that a long time ago. They're brilliant songwriters. This shit is a, it's a ballad. It's called Fog. It wasn't on any of the first, of those two albums. But if you haven't listened to Kid A or Amnesiac in a while, listen to those albums. They're very transcendent. They almost, um, they almost were the, 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 the stone to look through to see what was going to happen with music at the time, post-Kid A, um, OK Computer. It was this fucking... Uh, electronic versus rock and it was a magical time in in pop music um, I hope you like this because it's dope as shit Fog by Radiohead or as I call it Aaron likes Prague <laughs> <laughs> that's fair What'd you think, Bob? Um, no, I love it. I, so here's my thing with Radiohead, and <laughs> we won't make this drawn out, but I, I and I love everything they've done, but I, I still like have a soft spot in my heart for The Bends. I think it's my favorite Radiohead album. Not OK Computer. Nope. OK. I like The Bends. I love The Bends. Outside of Pablo Honey, their first album. Which was. Which was. Mm, eh, yeah. Outside of. 
we all know the song. Yeah. I won't repeat the name. That uh -huh. that which has no name. Yeah. Ben's was an amazing album. It's an um, amazing album, yes. and it and it threads the needle for me of being very accessible, but also demonstrates who the fuck they are. Now, OK Computer is musically a better album. It's it it literally is Sgt. Pepper's for yes. them. It yes. changed everything. A hundred percent. In rock, everything was different post OK Computer, and people that were playing music from Blur to Oasis to every shitty fucking English band and American band recognized things shifted when they heard OK Computer from production yeah. to it was a fucking beast. Um, I would yeah. say this probably would have been the best song on the bands. Okay, not high and dry. Ooh, Easy. You know you love I, that song. Yeah, I love yeah, that song. Love song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bobby just looked at me like I kicked his yeah. dog, dude. I mean, Fake Lesser Trees and come fucking, on, come on. That album Fake has Lesser some trees, absolute dog. bangers. It was, But this this is a beautiful song. And it's beautifully mixed. Yes. See, that's the that's the thing that people don't understand. It's the percussion track is incredible. Incredible. Wild as shit. And the vocal tracks, the Ugh. layering that Tom York can do upon himself, that man does the best masturbation in the business. In fact, I don't even want to play my song this week. No, all right. I don't right. want to follow We're that. We're going to get out of here. I don't want to follow that. <laughs> no, you have to. <laughs> you <laughs> have I? to. All yes. right. This is a fun little, this is a little banger. A little ditty. Um... You guys have all seen the Super Bowl, so you know who the weekend is. <laughs> this is a great song. This is a great song. I I, I don't want to be. We're gonna dismissive. have an uplifting whiskey reel. But yeah, this we is. Started with Radiohead, and we're gonna end with the weekend. This is super fun. It's great. It's classic weekend, man. It it hits every fucking note. And what what did I tell you? I said there was a point after his last album. Number one, I wanted to do one of his songs, but something else jumped in my purview. Number two. The weekend, love him or hate him, has become the fucking face of neo soul in the world, yeah. and everybody is trying to be the weekend. Well, that kid has cut a fucking niche for himself, and he's dope. And much like Radiohead, there's a kind of a thread that goes through this because mm. they market the same way. Not anymore, obviously. The Weeknd's now a big label thing. Right, blah, blah, blah. Right, but right, when right. The Weeknd, their first two albums were distributed entirely through their website. You could download it for free. Let's go. Just fucking listen and, to and my did shit. did he do okay? I think he did all right. I think he did kind okay. Kind of picked up. I think he did uh, Radio okay. had started releasing their music just... After they got out of their label deal. Yeah. When it came to King of Limbs and on, we got our music. You don't have to pay for it. And amazingly enough... If they put on a fucking stadium show in Brazil right now, oh, there would be 500,000 people that would show up. For Easy. It. I would fly to go see those motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, my especially only, in Brazil. It's my only bucket list band. I, I sat on the outside of the Hollywood Bowl at a picnic table with a bottle of wine, when you could still do that. I did that in the Hollywood Bowl to listen to Radiohead live because I couldn't get tickets. Yeah. It's the only band in the world I've never been able to get tickets for. Yeah. And, the, dude, the weekend, I'm glad he picked up the mantle and started doing that online show. No, it was super cool, and it, and it just fucking worked. Um, He's dope. So he came around kind of in the time when, like, BitTorrent and all this yeah. shit was happening. Um, yeah, Post-Napster, post kazaa 
all that kind of Damn, thing. Damn, nobody under 25 knows what you're saying. I know, I, just, I lost. <laughs> By the way, first of all, we're in luck. Nobody under 25 <laughs> listens to this fucking podcast. Hell yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> There's people that listen to this podcast that are still on Friendster. <laughs> Bunch of old crackers. Oh, um, But no, this is the weekend. This is his new stuff. It's called Take My Breath. By the way, watch the video. It's fucking dope. The guy is dope. He just, everything he does, everything he touches is just fucking magic. He's a little, um, if you don't hear a little Michael Jackson oh on my the song, God, then go fuck yourself. Yeah, 100%. Let's check it out. I saw the fire in your eyes. Dude, that is Dude, such it, a banger of a hook. It's funny when you think about the you think about the hook in the production. There's so much he learned from not only like Michael Jackson era, not um, that that songwriting he learned from that era, but the production of Ooh. the boy band era. Yeah, um, that Swedish production. Yeah, which the Swedes produced all that shit. That Swedish kind of leveled out production. He took a lot from everybody before him and is making now new pop sound dope. And that show was, dude, I was great. That, remember when Jamiroquai hit the scene and oh, yeah. everybody thought it was so special because it was like new soul and, and it was fine. It was really good when it came out, but it borrowed from everybody before them. The weekend listened to everybody from Michael Jackson to Earth, Wind, and Fire, and brought it into In Sync and and Backstreet Boys. He understood what the sound he was trying to achieve, and he's kind of a an amalgamation of all those artists. It's really dope, man. It's funky. I love it. It's crazy that an artist can like key into those pop algorithms and understand what sounds amazing to people's even if they don't know why from a mix standpoint from, from the a mix standpoint, standpoint how do you that people don't even understand why it feels so good to listen to the weekend brother but he does there's an algorithm there's an algorithm <laughs> no. but, but he maintains quality the songwriting is so fucking good and it's catchy it's great good. when he performed and did a medley. That was badass. That guy was so on fucking point. When I mean on point, I mean not from a produ- from a performance standpoint. Yes, but that motherfucker sang every note. Remember when that was a thing? Yep. When your guy could sing every note, he went in there and fucking nailed it. I'm a fan of that kid, man. Fuck, fuck well, everybody. And in <laughs> going against Super Bowl tradition, they let one guy sing some songs, and it was fucking amazing. Imagine. They didn't have Aerosmith backing up in sync with fucking, you know what I mean? You remember that fucking cacophony of horror? Remember that? Oh, God. It was the worst thing that's ever happened in music. Ever. As a human. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) He's awesome. He wraps himself in bandages, but he's still the weekend. That was the night that our alien overlords noticed 
<laughs> and they were like, what is happening? We're going to have to step in. We need to get involved. We're going to get involved. Meatbags. Right. Thanks. <laughs> Reptilian Kamala Harris. You got any wisdom? Um, I might have a little wisdom. Okay. Let me pour a little... Uh, glug, glug, glug. A little whiskey. Gurgle, gurgle, as gurgle. It, as they call it. <laughs> um, by the way, Evan Williams, Ball and Bomb, the cap... Looks like um, <laughs> when you used to get crest as a kid. It looks like I was at summer cramp. Summer, summer cramp. I was at summer cramp, and I used to take the the, the top off my toothpaste. That's the yeah, same cat. It's the same lid. as Evan Williams. Um, the production values on Evan Williams <laughs> are pretty low. It's more of a sci-fi network <laughs> version of whiskey. The weekend did not produce that bottle. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Buddy, uh, that's where the values are. That's at, where man. the values are. Come at, on, man. Dude. Um, yeah, I get a little wisdom. My wisdom is this. Calm your fucking mind down and wait till it happens. I spend most of my time trying to Doctor Strange my life and sit in lotus positions and look at 60, 80,000 million possible scenarios and uh, talking to my guy, my therapist, I realize I need to uh, put a stopgap into uh, that thought process. I'm never going to be able to figure it out. And, and quite frankly, everything that I think is going to happen, it never pans out the way I think it is. There's always some little wrinkle or nuance. So stop spending your time trying to figure out what's going to happen and just enjoy your moment because what's going to happen is going to happen. I know that's very cliche and very fucking tropey, but literally, I've spent so much time in my life going... Well, this situation going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and I categorize it in my brain. And I say, if they say this, I'm going to do this. And if they do this, I'm going to do this. I try to Dr. Strange myself out of every situation into every situation. It never ends up being what you think it's going to be anyway. So stop it. You know where your roots are. You know where your base are. You know where you need to go. That's good enough. Go into the next phase of your life knowing that, and meanwhile, enjoy everything going on around you. Because when you spend your time trying to think about every single fucking thing that's going to happen to you, you're going to miss the whole show. Don't miss the show. Think about what's going on right now, man. Um, I can't Doctor Strange shit. Yeah, I like that. Uh, last week, I was being cute with the whole Halloween theme and I talked about not ghosting people and all that. I'm going to piggyback <laughs> on my own <laughs> sort of semi-wise advice. Um, I kind of realized today that not only do I predominantly not ghost people, I actually allow people to remain a part of my life. And I think I realized how valuable it is and how nice it is sometimes. Like, I have some really good people in my life that used to be playing a different role, but today they're playing the role of friend and, and compatriot and, you know, just buddies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've established boundaries with people that I used to dearly love, and now I dearly love them more. Oh, Wow. It's just a different way, and I've relieved myself of pressure of trying to be like, 
a boyfriend and not cheat on you <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but it's it's been really a valuable thing just to have. <laughs> I know. And there's so much to read. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. There's a lot of unpacking I need to do with my life. Um, but no, it's just really nice to have beautiful people in your life and allow them to be a part of your life, but not have weird fucking expectations about what they are in your life. And oh, okay. just kind of grow into it and figure out wh- how you work best. You know, I mean, and you know who I'm talking about. There's multiple people. And well, why do you want me to go down on a list? Let's don't live. Let's don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. No, but you know what I'm saying. I, I just yeah. it's just <laughs> beyond not go. Maybe you need to ghost people for like six months to kind of have that. But uh, is it ghosting or is it okay? Because I went in this. I went along the lines of the same situation with Rex. Yeah, where it. I, I did it the wrong way. I remember. I'm not going to say I did it. I definitely did it. But there's a moment where people... Sh- it, it'll be better for both of you if you're not there. And I don't know if there's a good way to say that. But yeah. there is a point where it's like, we're going to be better later. Yeah. So you do your shit, I'll do my shit, we'll, re- we'll circle back. But there's no good way to do that when somebody when feelings are involved. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Someone in this room may have told you that, that you fucked that one up. But <laughs> I'm going to count the people in this room. <laughs> Just me, you, and the ghost of Sean Moe. <laughs> and Kev. And Kev. Okay. Yeah, he's here somewhere. He's here somewhere. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a wrap, I guess. I don't, Is it? I was thinking of something funny to say, but I don't really have anything funny to say after that. Shocker. Ha, 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 ha.